Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. when you're thinking about your life and where you're at right now and look i've been anxious i've been depressed i have tried medications and again i'm not saying they're not for some people because they absolutely are but it wasn't until i decided to have the courage and look this is a hard word to throw around right you've got to be willing to have some bravery and take up the mantle of your life grab that sword and run into the fucking battlefield you really do and what that looks like is going to AA, going to NA, going to adult survivors, going to men's group therapy, going to group therapy in general, finding a community. You've got to be willing to have a community in this. And even today, I still do. That's why I have coaches. That's why I'm in groups. That's why I still do all these things. And that's the thing that people get stuck on, because even though we always hear you're not alone, the truth is that's not how people think. Because we have all these experiences and we go, nobody is going to understand. There are fucking 8 billion people on planet Earth. I promise you, you are not the only one who's had this thing. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Michael Unbroken. So a few housekeeping items. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably noticed I've been releasing short videos Really social commentary, cultural commentary. And I've been doing that because I've been stripping the audio from some of my TikTok videos and I'm sharing some of my thoughts in the podcast feed. Please let me know if it's something you want me to continue. I've often heard from you that you want to hear my thoughts and certain issues and certain ideas and certain thoughts. So I thought this was a unique way to share some of my thoughts on the world and things that are happening. So let me know if you want more of that because I'll be more than happy to do that. And if you want to see it in a video format, it's at TikTok at Tyroxon, T-A-Y-O-R-O-C-K-S-O-N. So what's today's episode about? Today's episode is about trauma and unpacking that. Michael has had such a unique life and you can hear from his voice and his passion how he found his way out of multiple moments that could have been detrimental to his life. He also has a great platform and a book that dissects his worldview on trauma, how to unpack it, and how to ensure that you become unbroken. So please enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Michael Unbroken. Michael Unbroken is an advocate for adult survivors of child abuse, international speaker, and an author. We'll be talking about his books. But one of the things that I love about Michael Unbroken is the fact that he gives us the tools to become heroes 
in our own stories. We're going to discuss different ways to navigate trauma, what is trauma, and the complexity that comes about from trying to figure out a heal, which I feel is a very important topic today. So I'm excited to welcome him to the show and navigate these difficult topics. Welcome. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Pleasure is mine. Michael, obviously, is a topic that has started to become buzzy, trendy, and popular right now. But I'm not sure that everyone truly understands what trauma is and how it stays in the body and how it affects our everyday decisions. So I wanted to start off with that question. What exactly is trauma? I'm glad that it's being talked about right now, but I think to some extent it's being used in these oddly provocative ways that are not beneficial to people. I think that any type it's being used like it's a good thing, but you know, it is what it is. We live in a weird world right now. Here's my thought on it. And this is only my thought and people will agree or they won't agree. And that's fine. I look at trauma like this. It's like owning a house. You go outside and there's trash all over your front yard. And every day you step over it and that's your trauma. And that trash might not be yours, but it is your house. And you're going to have to decide what you're going to do about it. And the traumatic experiences that we have, of course, there's the easy nameable ones, mental, emotional, physical, sexual, spiritual abuse. You can look at that and point to that and go, yeah, this makes sense. I can see how that's traumatic. I don't look at trauma as much as the experience itself, but more so as what comes on the backside of it. And the thing that I believe to be incredibly true about traumatic experiences is that at a whole, childhood trauma is the theft of identity. You think about this when you get hurt as a kid, you know, playing sports or whatever, normally you're fine. It doesn't destroy you. You get some scabs, you'll heal up in a couple of weeks. Thing about child abuse, though, is that it what happens is every time that you're you, because think about this, I'll put it in this context. Your brain serves one purpose: survival. That's it. Your brain does not care about your dreams, the color shirt you have on, what you went to eat for dinner. Doesn't care. Your brain cares about you living long enough to procreate and watch them procreate. That's it. That's what we know from science. And so when you're growing up in a traumatic household, when you're going through these events, what happens is your brain starts, because it's very plastic and malleable, it starts to learn. We are adaptation. And when these traumatic events happen, your brain goes, okay, wait a second. Every time I ask for something I need, something I want, something I'm interested in, have an opinion, do something wrong, there's pain, there's suffering. And so you start to turn off. Here's the messed up part about it, dude that serves you for a period of time because it's protective. It's a defensive mechanism and it becomes autonomic. And so suddenly what happens is you don't know how to show up for yourself. You don't know how to say yes. You don't know how to say no. And you're kind of lost in this chaos of bending and placating who you are for the sole purpose of survival. And now there's other aspects of trauma that are factored in this as well. You can look at research from Dr. Felitti and the Kaiser Permanente and the California Center for Disease Control when they did the ACE survey, Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey. And what we discovered in that is on average, 83% of people have had an adverse childhood experience. Now, I'll argue that number is vastly higher, especially when you consider non-reports, especially when you consider homes like I came from, where it was like, if you tell anything about this house, you're going to get fucked up. And so you learn how to be quiet. And I would argue probably higher than 95% of people have had a traumatic experience. 
Well, not all traumatic experiences are going to destroy your life. For some people, they're hyper resilient. They'll be fine. They'll be able to move through it. Not a big deal. For other people, what will happen when you look at the compounding effect of that, you know, there's up to a 5,200% increased likelihood of suicide. There's a 2,000 increase percent chance to smoke cigarettes, 2,200% higher increase to be an alcoholic. And then you look at things like the increased rate for asthma, allergies, pulmonary embolisms, heart attack, diabetes, obesity, the list goes on and on and on. And ultimately it's like the experiences that we have, they inform who we are. And in my experience, and I know we'll probably get into my story for context, but growing up, I learned how to not be me and that kept me safe until it didn't. And I think that's what trauma is that people really need to understand. I love the vulnerability of Sarah. And I think what you're saying is a lot of what trauma would do, if it's not worked on, will give you a false identity of self. You did say, and this is a great point. I do this a lot with my consultant when I'm discussing bias. Your brain is wired for protection and is malleable as well. But if you have been conditioned to think a certain way about your environment and yourself, there are certain narratives that end up staying embedded. And so when you bring up abuse, and I'm assuming you meant physical, sexual, and emotional, or maybe even all three for some, there's a certain story that ends up being told because it's been reaffirmed multiple times. And you just developed certain defense mechanisms to make sure it didn't happen to you again, or you needed to make yourself smaller so that you wouldn't show up or experience that trigger of trauma. And I think that's such an interesting thing that has been revealed now with the dialogue that has existed right now in the world where a lot of people all of a sudden realize they had triggers they hadn't even addressed. And then it becomes a real interesting discussion to have as a society. How do we make sure we don't project that onto others? Yeah. Well, look, man, you're going to get triggered. So you got to learn how to deal with it. I'm going somewhere with this. Trust me. The truth is, again, it's a weird society we live in where people want all these safe spaces. I do too. Trust me. I promise I do. But the world is not built like that. And so you must be willing to learn the tools. It's not even to cope, but to understand and overcome, to be able to move yourself forward because, dude, you're going to get triggered again. It's going to happen. Like it just is. And if your whole life gets shut down because of that, that means that you're missing something in the equation. You know, I tell people when I coach them, whenever you come into this program, whenever you read my books, listen to my podcast, like I don't care whatever it is. I try to help people understand something. This is a lifetime game. Once you come over and you cross the court and you step into this arena, you have signed up for this for the rest of your life. Because here's what's so fascinating, man. I've been doing this for 12 years, healing, going through this journey myself, getting better. I've been coached by some of the greatest minds on planet Earth and personal coaching. We're talking about Tony Robbins, Tom Bilyeu, Grant Cardone, like these amazing human beings. I've had awesome people on my show like Anna Lamke and Paul Gilmartin, and the list goes on and on. And so I'm always learning. And the one thing that I know to be the most true about this journey over anything else is that it is continual. It does not end. And so you must be willing to learn, understand, adapt, and adopt tools into your life so that you have the ability to navigate the world. Because guess what? The next thing is going to happen. 
It's just going to. And look, I'm not a pessimist, I promise. I'm not an optimist either. I'm a realist. I look at the world, I make meaning and assessment of it, and I go, what do I need to figure out here to navigate this? Bruce Lee has an amazing quote, don't ask for an easy life. Instead, ask for the tools to handle a hard life. And that's the truth about what this is because we are all in this thing where we're having this human experience where every single day we're learning. We don't know what we're doing. Like, here's what's so crazy to me, dude. We've never had this conversation before. We have no idea what we're doing. And as soon as we're done with this, we're going to be like, oh, cool. We learned something. But that's everything that we do every single day. And so when you're starting to get into understanding the truth of life, that you're constantly learning and you can change your identity to be willing to be a learner, then what will happen is when tools come across your path, you'll be able to use those to your benefit and betterment. And here's the thing. Everybody knows the tools, right? We've talked about it a bazillion times. It's exercise. It's meditation. It's journaling. It's therapy. It's personal development. It's having a coach. It's making meaning of the situations that you're in, assessing your environment. The list goes on and on and on and on. But the reason why so many people cannot move forward in life is because they are not applying the tools when the scenario arises in which the tool should be deployed. And the thing about it is it's like, think about this. It doesn't do you a lot of good to have keys to a car that you never get in. And people get stuck in this because in that moment of being triggered, and look, I have been too, even recently, it's going to happen. Like I predict it'll happen again. One thing I know about that is here's what I'm always assessing. When as in the past, something would happen and would trigger you and you might be totally frozen, you go into that fight, flight, freeze response, you're in your sympathetic nervous system, your cortisol is all over the place, your amygdala is firing, your hippocampus is all over, your brain is like, oh my God, survival. What you have to do is be able to make meaning and be aware of that in the moment because when you are, and this is about self-awareness. And that's really difficult because here's what happens to people. This is my experience coming from a traumatic background. We're dissociated. Our brain and our body are completely removed from each other. It's like we're watching ourselves from another planet. And so you must take a pause in that moment of recognizing, wait a second, hold on, what is happening? My behavior pattern has shifted. My thought patterns have shifted. I'm not showing up in the way I said. I was making excuses. I'm procrastinating. I'm eating the shit I said I wouldn't eat. I'm, I'm on Tinder and swiping all day long. I'm watching porn. I'm drinking. I'm smoking a cigarette again. There is a causation and correlation to everything that happens. And so what you have to do is in that moment is pause, go, hold on, time out. What is actually happening in my life right now? And what I will do in that moment, I will grab my journal and I will just start writing until I can get to clarity because it'll effectively turn out 99.9% of the time that I can identify exactly what has happened in the course of the previous days or moments that has led me to where I am. And when I know that, now I have a pathway to move through. See, people go to distraction because it's easy. It feels good. Like if your life is a disaster, what's easier than throwing on the game? What's easier than playing video games? Or even, you know, for some people, it's like going to the gym and working out for seven hours. There's always that thing that's right there. And when you can acknowledge it and look at it and bring and make meaning of it, then you can apply the tools. Because it, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion. Welcome to believe I'm wrong. That's fine. But I believe that until you pause and you actually look at the circumstances of your life in the moment, 
and are not distracted, you're not going to make meaning of what's going on because in the silence is where you find the growth. In the silence is where you find the growth. I want to stay on this growth aspect. I want to turn the lens onto you. You've made mention of it a few times. You've had a traumatic past. What was your story with trauma and how did you get out of that? I grew up in Indianapolis in America. My mother, she was a drug addict and alcoholic. When I was four years old, she actually cut off my right index finger. And people will always say, well, how could your mom do that? And I'm like, well, my mom was doing that thing that people do when you hear hurt people hurt people. And she remember my stepfather when I was six, who was super abusive. The kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather. Like He kicked the shit out of my brothers and I, put me in the hospital, that whole thing. Never met my real father. And I'd lay in bed at night and I'd be like, I wish my real dad would come and rescue me. And one of the greatest things that I discovered as a child is that no one is coming. And that is held very true in my life. And it's really funny because it's become empowering. I mean, I spent the majority of my childhood homeless and deeply in poverty. In fact, we lived with 30, three zero different families by the time I was 12 years old, getting bounced around churches and friends and strangers and vans and everything in between. When I was 12, my grandmother adopted me. And you'd be like, oh, that's a godsend. Great. This kid got rescued. Well, I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandma's an old racist ass white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. So now insert identity crisis. And in fact, my grandma was so racist, we had a copy of Mein Kampf on our kitchen table. No, no. Yes. My uncle's in the Aryan Brotherhood in prison. I'm telling you, man, this is what I grew up. And here's the craziest part about it. We grew up in the hood. Like, I'm telling you, dude, it's so insane. Like, I went to a predominantly black middle school and high school, and I got this crazy-ass racist grandma who's raising me. And so I get high for the first time when I'm 12, drunk when I'm 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I was breaking into houses, stealing cars, running from the cops, getting shot at, hurting people. And I luckily, I got put into this last chance program, and I still did not graduate high school on time. Basically, what happened is they handed me the diploma in summer school. And my teacher was like, dude, we just, you just got to get the hell out of here. We're done. And I was looking at my life and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Because I'm not educated. I have a diploma that's worthless. I'm not getting into college because I had a 1.6 GPA. I missed 90 days of school my senior year. And I was like, all right, cool. So what do I need to do here? Mm, I'm going to chase money. I want to make $100,000 a year legally. By the time I'm 21, that legal part was super important because I have family in prison for life right now. I've been in handcuffs multiple times. And as of today, my three childhood best friends have been murdered over drugs. I knew the path I was going down, man. And so I said to myself, all right, cool. Let me, let me see. Let me see if I can do this. And I just started learning skills and I landed a job with a fast food joint. And at 18, I had 52 people under me. I was learning how to read P&Ls. I was doing business things. And I was just trying to continue to get skills so I could go and make that 100000 Because I thought that was the number, right? And I ended up a couple of years later landing a job with a Fortune 10 company, no high school diploma, no college education, start making six figures. And then that thing happens to people who have never had money before, and it destroyed my life. And in fact, I was making 120, 130. I was like 40 grand in debt. It was crazy what was happening in my life. And I found myself heading into 26. I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend. 
that's when I put a gun in my mouth. I was just done, man. I thought money was going to solve this. And the next day I'm laying in bed. Now, keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. Oh, my God. Dude, if that ain't rock bottom, I don't know what is. Wow. I got up. I looked at myself in the mirror in the bathroom, and I'll never understand why. And I remember being eight years old, and the water company had come and turned our water off. And it's just like blistering hot Indiana summer day. But they were always turning our water off, our electricity, our heat in the winter. We were getting evicted. I was used to it. And I go in the backyard. I grab this little blue bucket. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I walk across the street to the neighbor's house. And I turn on the spigot on the side of their house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown up, this won't be my life. And it wasn't my life financially, but it was my life in every other way because I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And as I looked in the mirror, having that memory and understanding that I wasn't keeping the promise to myself, I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. 11 years later, here I am talking to you. And in that time frame, it's been a tremendous amount of work. Therapy, group therapy, men's group therapy, trauma therapy, CBT, EMDR, NLP, ABC, all the acronyms, right? It was coaching. It was personal development, going to the conferences, reading the books. Last year, I read 62 books. I've read over 700 in the last 10 years. It was going and putting myself in a position to be successful by being education and learning first. And I have over 30 trauma-informed education certifications. Again, I have no high school diploma or college education. Ultimately, it's about making a decision, asking yourself, what are you willing to do? And today, Think Unbroken and my mission is very simple. I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime through education and information so another kid doesn't have a story like I just told you. Well, first of all, I don't mean incredible in the actual meaning of the world. It's almost unbelievable in the sense of that. I can't help but ask. I mean, you said a few things there that I want to interrupt, but I was like, no, let me just let it rock with this. You got to a point where you point a gun and put it in your mouth and then you decided not to pull the trigger or did you pull the trigger and it didn't go? Yeah, I did pull the trigger, man. Okay. And it misfired. It's one of those moments in my life. And look, I've had guns around me since I was a little kid. I was a Boy Scout which is really weird growing up and being a Boy Scout in the hood. I promise it's super weird. Uh, you, you got a book. I know you're, you're an author, but 
there's a life story here. <laughs> yeah, I've written four books. That one has not been released yet. I'm gonna that one's in the back burner, which is Holton. But you know, it was this weird moment. I think that you call it God, spirit, universe, divine intervention. I don't give a shit. Call it whatever you want. But it was me recognizing and understanding, like as my girlfriend's banging on the bathroom door on my birthday, that like, holy shit, man, you've got to do something here. I'll never understand it. man. Even right now, I don't really know how to talk about it because I don't understand what happened. Look, it definitely sounds like it was, you know, it's cliche, It's but it's a moment where something intervened in some shape or form. And I asked that question because to many people, that's a picture of rock bottom. And then you've gone on to tell me what's gone on in the last decade of your life. And you brought up generational trauma. What I noticed during the pandemic, especially amongst a lot of men in my circle is, there's this deep-seated anger sometimes of not feeling heard, seen, or understood. And sometimes when you're forced to have those thoughts, it almost exacerbates your depression because you don't know who to reach out to. And so I want to segue this into what your programs are, because you've created programs for people to reach out to and to really unpack these traumatic feelings. How can people work with you on that end? And how do you work with people to make sure that they're not alone? You know, look, man, here's what's really fascinating is all the years that I tried to do this by myself, it didn't work. I look at there, you can't see it, but on the screensaver on my phone, there's a photo of Kobe. And Kobe for me was always this very inspirational guy. You know, the thing that I loved about him is like, yes, he was a superstar, but you know, he always gave love to his team. He always gave love to Phil and to where he came from and his parents and all that. And I realized one day, not only from him, but from multiple people I'd been looking up to through the course of my life, it was like, man, all these people will ask for help, but I won't. And I'm expecting to be successful. It doesn't work that way. We're a communal species by nature. And we live in a fucked up society right now where we're all so ostracized from each other. And that was before COVID. And now with that, people are so alone and suicide rates higher than it's ever been. Prescription drugs, 44% of people in America are on an antidepressant. Are you kidding me right now? And you look at that and you go, well, why? Well, because the very thing that makes us be human has been stripped from us for decades. And so when you're in this position and you're like, man, I want to go and be a part of something, it's almost more terrifying to ask for help than it is just to pop the pill. And I get it because I've been there. And the truth is, the greatest discovery I've made in this journey was the willingness to not be alone and to face the vulnerability and the discomfort and awkwardness of things like men's group therapy. So for context, one of the things I'm working on that will be coming out soon is my next book called Unbroken Man, which is a man's guide to overcoming trauma to be the hero of their own story. Because I realized so much of what I talk about to men and when I coach men, they have massive success in my programs, but they are always the last people to ask for help. And I was looking at this and I'm like, why? That doesn't make sense to me. And it's because it's not only just for men, but I think it's for people in general. Mental health is touted all over this country. It's go work on your mental health. But the solution is always take a fucking pill. 
And I don't think that's the solution, man. Can it be for some people? Yes, chemically, absolutely, 100%. More prescriptions are prescribed to people who don't need them than anything else on planet Earth in this country. And I will tell you this, that Fortune 10 company I used to work for was an insurance company. I won't tell you who because I don't want to get sued. But you know what? Their goal is to get you on prescriptions. That's all you need to know. And so when you're thinking about your life and where you're at right now, and look, I've been anxious. I've been depressed. I have tried medications. And again, I'm not saying they're not for some people because they absolutely are. But it wasn't until I decided to have the courage. And look, this is a hard word to throw around, right? You've got to be willing to have some bravery and take up the mantle of your life, grab that sword and run into the fucking battlefield. You really do. And what that looks like is going to AA, going to NA, going to adult survivors, going to men's group therapy, going to group therapy in general, finding a community. You've got to be willing to have a community in this. And even today, I still do. That's why I have coaches. That's why I'm in groups. That's why I still do all these things. And that's the thing that people get stuck on because even though we always hear, you're not alone, I'm doing quotes for people listening. Even though you hear you're not alone, the truth is that's not how people think because we have all of these experiences and we go to nobody is going to understand. There are fucking 8 billion people on planet Earth. I promise you, you are not the only one who's had this thing. You know, I have an amazing friend, Tim Ringgold. He works with people who've lost their children. There's community in that. You know, I don't have kids. I can only imagine that's the darkest experience someone can have. And yet he said, I'm going to build this community because I've been a part of it. I know this feeling. And when you're willing to go and seek that, you will find healing. 100%. You will. I don't have a better way to phrase it. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm alone, there's this thing called fucking Google. So use it and find a group of people in your community, in your neighborhood, online, drinking, broken, or otherwise, it doesn't matter, that can support you in your journey that are in aligned with the same commitment that you have to making your life better. Because if you just sit around all day, hoping that magically something is going to fall into your lap that changes your life, you're going to be hoping for a long time. And I promise you, nobody's coming to save you and there ain't no Disney moments. And that's not a bad thing, but it does mean that you have to take personal responsibility for your future. With your programs there, are they virtual? Yeah. So since COVID, we were touring, we had an in-person five-day event, but since that we do virtual. So I have a lot of different programs. I have an app, the Think Unbroken app that has free programs in it. I also have a six-week daily coaching program in the app as well. We have the books. We have the podcast. We're going to be launching our men's group, Unbroken Men, here very shortly. There's a ton of different resources we put together. But the majority of stuff you can learn for free if you just go listen to my podcast. So we'll make sure we put the podcast in the link. I've really enjoyed your vulnerability here because... This is something that's always important to me. And it's something that I've always been unpacking. And one of the interesting things about identity, you brought up your identity as a biracial man. There's an interesting identity crisis in the world right now. A lot of people are realizing whatever they've been taught as happiness, get the career, you brought up a six-figure job, white picket fence, get married by 30, all these things aren't necessarily things that will guarantee happiness. And that's because, to your point, a lot of people haven't done the inner work. Because, you know, society has dictated who you should be before you even decided who you can be. And it's so interesting seeing that play out 
because I know you say you're a realist. I have hope. I'm an angry optimist, as I describe myself. I have hope that the next generation is going to be able to use these tools to unpack and unlearn all those unfortunate traditions that we've had before. And look, I am a realist, but I also see amazing human potential. There's truth in that. And so me being a realist doesn't mean that I'm pessimistic to opportunity or to change. It just means that you're going to have to put in some fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said you're not a pe- you say you're not a pessimist, you're not an optimist, you're a realist. I think there's an interesting confusion between positivity and naivete. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes people think I straddle that line. <laughs> but you know, you know, like you know what? That's yeah. okay. But look, man, here's what I think about. I look at the reality of is there someone in front of me who has done this before? Because if there is, that means I can do it. That's 100 percent true. And the other aspect of this is the fact that you could have had a past that is horrible, and there's an opportunity for you to change. And this is the most important aspect for me. The ability for you to forgive yourself is not something we popularize right now. I hear a lot of the trauma talk and the mental health talk, but forgiving oneself, I think that's even tough for so many people because if we can't do that, it's almost hard for us to move forward, almost always. I'll tell you something really important about that. One of the things that I've understood to be the most true is the language we use with ourselves is more important than anything else happening in our lives. There are people right now listening to this. The way that you're talking to yourself is so unkind that if you said it to me, I'd punch you in the face. (laughs) And you think that your life is working for you. You see, one of the problems with this entire personal development movement happening right now is everybody's out here telling you how to live and what to do, but they're not actually giving you anything of value. And so let me try to do that for a moment. In front of me on my monitor, there's a giant writing that says mindset is everything. Now in this culture of personal development and healing and trauma and the whole nine, everybody's always like mindset, mindset, mindset. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why don't you teach people what mindset actually is? And mindset is this. It's very simple. What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. And so if you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough, I'm a loser, you spill some milk, you fucking destroy yourself, you show up late, you beat yourself up, you get criticized at work, and you tear yourself down, you are not going to be successful because those are the thoughts you're having, then you're going to make those thoughts reality by speaking them. And you're subconsciously going to move in that direction of sabotage because that is where your baseline is. And when you shift that, everything becomes different. And I teach people this as soon as they come into courses or or classes or whatever with me. You take a pen, you take a pen. This is the most important tool that you have, I promise. There's not a single tool you'll ever get in your life more valuable than a pen. And you write down, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And you're probably thinking like, well, why does that matter? Well, here's why. Because when you're faced with these decisions, when you're faced with these moments, when you're faced with what it is that is the human experience, and you ask yourself, what would a kind person do in this moment? And that shifts your thought patterns. That shifts your actions. You start acting like a person who's kind to themselves. And the next thing you know, that becomes your reality. Because what you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your actions. Your actions become your reality. And if you treat yourself like you give a damn about yourself, your life will reflect that. You know, what do they say? A pen is mightier than a sword. 
<laughs> that is the saying. Yeah. When you start getting programming your mind, basically, you said the brain is wired for protection. If you start appealing to the malleable aspect of your brain, the fact that you can actually train your brain to accept new realities, and you do that through repetition, reminders, screensavers, what you write in, voice notes. I'm a big proponent of voice notes, or even adding that with surrounding your environment. I think that's the other aspect of this, your circle, who you're putting yourself into, how you're getting motivated. There's a shift that happens that will ultimately impact your mindset. You've got to be incredibly cognizant about the people that you're spending time with. And I think one of the hardest parts about that is when we understand that we want to be communal because it's in human nature, but you're surrounded by the wrong people, you're not going to grow. And that sucks, man. You know, I look at my life. I've taken out people out of my life who've been in my life for decades at a time because I recognize like not to be harsh or crass, but at some point, the people around you are just pulling you down. I hate to say it, but it's true. And that puts you in this really provocative situation in which you must make a decision about what's more important, your life or their feelings. You have to be willing to step into it through hopefully kindness and empathy. And I will be the first to admit I have not always done that. But but the truth is, if you don't put yourself first, nobody else is going to. No. And you have people in your life right now where you're like, you're stepping into this for the first time. You're reading the books, you're going to the seminars, and people are making fun of you. They're judging you. They're asking you who you think you are. Or the worst one for me, I'll cut you off immediately if you go, well, you must think you're better than me. I don't. I don't. But I don't think I'm good enough for who I want to be yet. You don't think you're good enough for who you want to be yet. That's such an interesting statement to say. You don't think you're good enough for who you want to be yet. Do you really believe that? My goals are 37 years away. Ah. It's a mind trick I play on myself. And in five years, my goals will still be 37 years away. And what that means is that every single day, I got to show up. Every single day, I got to learn. Every single day, I got to grow. My favorite day of the week is Thursday. Because on Thursday, I get coaching from Tom Bilyeu, Grant Cardone, and Tony Robbins. And I look at those guys and I go, cool, these dudes are the markers for where I'm going. I'm not here yet. But yet, dude, this is the most important word, yet, yet. That's such an important distinction because someone could have heard what I repeated back to you and they said, what's the point, right? That would be the reaction. But the important addition of yet is, this just means I'm growing into the best version of myself. Exactly. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is you got to set goals big enough so you can grow into that person. Same thing, different language. Yes. No, I love that clarification because I studied communication and I've learned how bad trauma can alter reality. And it's so interesting. You and I will be saying different things and I'll go into rooms where I'm speaking And I'll be saying, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But it's not even about what I said. It's about how the person received it. Yeah, it's interpretation. So interesting. All right. Well, where can people get your books? Because I know you got a few. So which books do you want to share with the audience? All my books are online. Again, I tell people, if you just listen to the Think Unbroken podcast, everything's there for free. Literally everything. Nothing I teach is not there. And people are always finding an excuse, but I'm always trying to find a solution. And in fact, you know, I've had people reach out to me, hey, I can't sell something, figure it out, go to the library, it's free. Stop making excuses in your life, go and find a solution. Go and find a solution. All right. Well, that has been Michael Unbroken. I have one final question for you. And I ask my guests this question to all of them. It's my mission statement reframed as a question. 
My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference, essentially. So how do you, Michael, use your difference to make a difference? By this, by showing up, by ending all of the chaos of generational trauma, by looking in the mirror and being okay with the reflection, by showing up, by knowing I'm not good enough yet, by reading, by educating, by having mentors, by having these conversations, by willing to stand up and have a conversation no one else is talking about, by being willing to keep this shit real. I'm not powder coating any of this. Oh, uh, you you haven't. You have not been. You came on hot. I was like, okay. Dude, <laughs> the way you make a difference is by being you. And look, my greatest superpower is I am willing to suffer through public embarrassment because I don't care what you think about me as long as I go look in that fucking mirror and I'm okay with the reflection. All right. As long as you're okay with the reflection. I'm very okay with the reflection of uh, that you've shown today. So thank you so much. Keeping it real, sharing your story. So excited to get this out because I know it's going to hit a lot of people in different ways. So thank you for being you. Looking forward to the audience interacting with you. It's my pleasure, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you greatly. All right. Kings, queens, and royalty. Till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 